John chapter 21, Jesus and the Miraculous Catch of Fish. Prayer first, um, dear God, please open our eyes to anything you want to reveal to us in reading this and help us to understand the scripture and the purpose that it has in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus and the Miraculous Catch of Fish, chapter 21 of John. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples. Um, Just to bring you up to speed, this is after Jesus had died and he was not found in the tomb. He appeared to his disciples twice. He appeared to Mary Magdalene at the tomb. And this is afterward. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples. So this is the third time that they've seen him by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. So let's stop here already because, again, to establish truth, it has to be multiple witnesses to see something. And right here, John is saying that there is Simon Peter, one, Thomas, two, Nathaniel from Canaan, Galilee, three, the sons of Zebedee, it doesn't say how many, so we'll even just give it one, you know, four, and then two other disciples, so that's at least at least six people, maybe more, that were all together, and Jesus appeared to them. So um, we have six eyewitnesses, and they weren't all the same because of the names that are given here. It wasn't just his disciples who saw him in the rooms. These are additional people now that have seen Jesus. So getting back to the text. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Okay, stop again. Here we go, John. How many times in the book of John does John have to say that Jesus loves him? It's really funny. So he's, you know, calling himself the disciple whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, of course, it has to be Peter, his, I don't know, his nemesis. No, I'm not going to call him that. I mean, just his his competition guy, his um, somebody that he's uh, competing with all the time, it seems like, in scripture. It'll be really interesting to talk to them someday. And maybe funny, maybe we'll laugh about the stories they have about one another. Anyway, getting back to scripture. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. 
Well, 153, that's that's interesting. And I believe I've heard somebody talk about the 153 fish. Numbers in Bible are significant often. And I don't know the significance, but as you read scripture, just keep that in mind. And maybe someday as you're reading scripture somewhere else, it'll all make sense. Um, it may tie in, it may not mean anything, but it's just interesting that there's such a specific exact number and just instead of just saying they're just full of large fish, but there's 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them. And he did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Jesus reinstates Peter. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, do you, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. So he, um, looking back at what Jesus said to him, first he told him to feed my lambs. Then he said, take care of my sheep. And then he said, feed my sheep. And it's also interesting that this was three times that Jesus said that to him. And if you recall in the garden, when Peter denied Jesus, Peter, Peter denied Jesus three times in the garden. So now he's, um, I guess that's why I said Jesus reinstates Peter because, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure Peter felt bad about that too. And, and Jesus knew that, but he was, he goes through a process when, with people, um, so that, it's it's almost like it's emphasized what happened and then he's acknowledging that Peter is acknowledging that he does love Jesus. And then Jesus is giving him instructions. So getting back to scripture, Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. Okay, there goes John again. So he has to, he has to write in the book that um, Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following him right after Jesus saying, do you love me? Do you love me? And then John's writing uh, here's the one that Jesus loved. I don't know. Um, anyway, I could have a wrong interpretation, but my gosh, there's a lot of repetition of that. Um, in parentheses, it says, um, this was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? So now we know from the supper when one of the disciples asked Jesus, who is it that's going to betray you? It was John who asked him that, as we know now from this in parenthetical, uh, or this sentence in par- 
um, parentheses. When Jesus, or when Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? So here, I mean, Peter may have the same thing going back to John, because he's like, well, what about this guy here? You know, you're telling me what's going to happen to me. What about him? And then Jesus answers, if you want, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is it to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. So John is basically acknowledging this is that he's the one and he's writing and he's testifying that all this happened and that it's the truth. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. So what we get in the Gospels, obviously from what John said, is only a sample of what Jesus did. There were many more things that weren't documented, weren't written down. And that is the end of the Gospel of John. So I hope you enjoyed it. And um, I'm thinking about what our next chapter would be. I don't know if we want to, I don't know, we might try another Gospel or move on to other books or letters. I will pray about it, and that, that'll be our next Bible study, but one gospel down. So if you enjoy this, please continue to subscribe or share this with other people. And most importantly, it, for all of us, it is for our relationship with Jesus, with God, to stay in Christ. And by reading scripture, we can always redirect our minds off of things, maybe earthly things that shouldn't be bothering us that are, we can redirect our minds to something godly focused. And it also brings us closer. It reveals things. It gives us more wisdom about what God wants us to know. And it, it, it strengthens our relationship with God. So it's really good to stay in scripture and to stay connected through God in that way. So I hope you continue to do so and look forward to the next time.